0: This episode of Tub Talk is brought to you by Avast Business. With over 435 million active users of Avast products, if you haven't already taken a look at what Avast Business is offering, now might be the time. Visit tublogcouk forward slash Avast for all the links to the details. Right now, though, let's jump into our featured interview. Hey, folks, Richard Tubb here with another interview, and I'm absolutely thrilled today to be joined by somebody from the other side of the planet. Nigel Moore is the illustrious leader of the Tech Tribe. He is a former MSP owner, and he's somebody that I've become very close with, learned a lot from over the past couple of three years. He's really made a massive impact on my life with the teachings, the learnings that he puts out there, and I know he's made a huge impact on the wider MSP community. Nigel, thanks for joining us. In the middle of the bloody night, it is over there
1: in Sydney, isn't it? It is dark over here. It is 9pm <laughs> at night and you've roused me out of bed on a late night. And funny, I was just listening to you say all of that. And if if you had have interviewed me on a podcast five years ago, I would have said the exact same about you in return because five years ago, For those of you that don't know the story, I was learning a whole pile of this stuff from Richard five and ten years ago when I first started out in my journey. So it's kind of funny to hear it echoed back at me in return. Oh, mate. Well, thank you for saying
0: that. And I know this makes you blush, and this isn't the uh, sort of mutual admiration society here by any means, but (laughs) I said to you and I said to some members of the tech tribe, and we'll get on to the tech tribe in a minute because I want to touch upon your MSP journey first. I've been doing this MSP thing for however many years now, 15, 20 years or whatever, running an MSP, coaching MSPs, I feel as though I've done most things, seen most things, heard most things. and Then I come across you, my friend, and every (laughs) other time you open your mouth, you say something that I frankly, a perspective I've never heard before or some, some sort of teaching that just strikes me as completely new. And I've shared this with you before and I know it makes you blush, but thank you for <laughs> doing that because you never, you, however long <laughs> you've been doing this, there's always somebody who knows more. There's always somebody with new perspectives. And for me,
1: you've been that person. So thank you for it. Thank you, I appreciate that. It's whoever breaks the most, learns the most, I believe. And I've probably broken the most <laughs> of most people out there. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I always talk to people that, you know, when I explain what I do for a living, I work with the owners of IT businesses, I help them to grow their business. But mostly what I do is help them avoid the many. Many, many mistakes that I've made as an MSP owner. A million mistakes. (laughs) The great thing about that is there's an infinite source of content. But So let's (laughs) go back. I know you're a great one for experiments, for self-development, for personal development. Let's go back to the start of your journey then when you ran your only managed service provider. Perhaps talk us back there and, and talk us through the timeline. What happened?
1: So the, the day I inherited an MSP is a, probably a story for another day, but I happened to, to start a Monday morning with a, a half-baked MSP in my hands that I was the proud owner of. And, uh, and that whole story is probably a story for another podcast, but it kind of set me off on a journey then where I had to go and find my feet in the business world with this little business sitting in my hands and start to grow up from there. And that was back in, uh, in the mid to late whatever you call that first decade of the 2000s, 2007, 2008 it was, so 12, 13 years ago. I had been running an MSP for another gentleman for a couple of years before that. And I'd been working for him in a tech role position for a couple of years before that as well. So I'd been in that support space or IT support space slash pseudo MSP space for probably five years before I started my own back in 2007, 2008. And then I started my own and uh, and made those bajillion mistakes over the next (laughs) <laughs> 10 years before I eventually, uh, before the business that we had then or the MSP that we had then was acquired back in 2016. Mm. So looking back to that time,
0: what would you say is the thing that you struggled with most when you were building the MSP business? What's the one thing if, if you could help MSP owners now, and you do, what's, if you could wave a magic wand for any MSP owner now and make one thing go away
1: that you struggled with back then, what would it be? Oh, good question. And uh, and you kind of seated this question with me before we started. And my answer is now completely different because you <laughs> asked it in a different way. And uh, so the thing that I struggled with the most, especially in the first few years of my MSP, was feeling alone in the journey, having no one around me that was sharing a similar journey to me that I could talk about. And I, back then, I didn't even understand the importance of sharing a journey and, uh, and being around people of similar mindset, whether they're in front of you, behind you. Uh, alongside you to be able to go through it. And I think for me, that hardest part was finding those people, being able to get into a space where I could get rid of my ego and learn from those people, and, uh, and then be able to go and take all that stuff that I did learn from all these, these, these gurus and these geniuses and these wizards and these, these Richard Tubbs on, that ran Tublogs to go and bring it all back to my business. And once I started to figure that out, that really changed the trajectory for me. It really uh, it was a struggle for me for many, many years to try and figure out how this whole game of business ran. And, uh, and there was no formal training. I had been a university person, but then I was a proud dropout, just like my, my, uh, my you'd call them unofficial mentors at the time, the Bill Gateses and the, the Steve Jobs that all dropped out of university. And so I thought, hey, if they've done it, I'm going to do it as well. So I dropped out. And so I didn't get any, any great business knowledge at university. I had to get it all from the School of, of Hard Knocks right on the front line. And uh, so doing that for me, the struggle was kind of that, that loneliness, that how the heck do I do this stuff? Where do I earn money? How do I earn money? Uh, am I worthy? Am I good enough? Am I doing the right thing? Should I just give it all up now? It's kind of all of those thoughts go through those first few years and they're incredibly debilitating. But uh, And to me, that was probably the hardest part was those first few years thinking, what the heck have I got myself into here? And am I worthy of actually doing it?
0: (laughs) Well, I I have to speak to MSP owners now. uh, And unfortunately, and you must know this, you have a lot of MSPs across the world get in touch with you. You know, they get in touch at the end of their tether and yes. they say, oh, look, I'm, I'm ready to give this up and to go and take a job. Um, I'm ready, ready to go and open a fish and tackle store or whatever <laughs> the heck it might be. Mow a lawn was my one. <laughs> Mow a lawn. Just, so when you reach that point, and we all have that moment in self-employment, whether we're running an MSP, an IT consultant, whatever we're doing, you feel like this is got to be easier to go and work for someone else to get paid a wage to go home at the end of the night and to just turn off you went through that how did you turn that around how did you say no this is worth doing and i do want to reach um at the
1: end of this journey so so funny story when i got to that point i had i, I was in a pretty bad place and i had this this mentor of mine that helped me kick start my business and she was running a uh, a very large uh, hospitality business out here in Australia that was doing close to a hundred odd million dollars at the time. And, uh, and we, she could see that I was going through these struggles and trying to figure out where the hell I am and trying to figure out what was going on and, and what not in my world. And she put an offer out there to go and come and be the IT manager for her business at a very large figure of money compared to what I was earning out of my business at the moment, probably five times what I was earning out of my business at the moment. And that forced me right into a corner to figure out whether this is the journey that I want to take or not. And when you've got, when you're earning a small amount of money for a lot of work, and then you get thrown this thing on the table, it kind of forces you to dig really deep into your your whys and your reasons for doing what you want to do. And that was the point where I then had to sit down and think, okay, well, I've got this awesome opportunity here to earn five times what I've ever earned before and go back to just being a job and only working 40 or 50 hours a week instead of the 80 hours a week that I'm working at the moment. But I will report to somebody and I will will not be the master of my own (laughs) destiny. I will not be able to make every decision. And is that something that I am happy with? And for me, when I put on my personal thought hat with that, it wasn't. I wanted to be the master of my own destiny, whether you call it that, and I'm not saying you can't be the master of your own destiny in a job, you, put, you absolutely can, but, but my journey, and when I sat and I was very introspective about it, I realized that my journey uh, involved me leading and running a business in some way, shape or form, because I, had, I, I knew that I had a skill set. I didn't know how to tap into it yet, and I didn't know the extent of what I was capable of. And I know even now, I don't know the extent of what I'm capable of in the future of doing in this business game. But I, I was kind of backed into that corner, and that was probably halfway through my journey of running my MSP. So I was probably five years into the 10-year mark of my own MSP. And, uh, and that was the point that I went, okay, well, now I've decided that I'm going all in. I'm, I'm in it. I know the reasons why it forced me to have that introspective thought about the reasons why I'm in this game. And a lot of it was around personal freedom to be able to make my own decisions, personal freedom to be able to choose when and what I wanted to do with my life. Now, in saying that, an MSP can sometimes be an incredibly time-consuming and thought-consuming business to own. Incredibly time-consuming. As you no doubt know, Richard, you and I both see it from the other side now, but we were both in it for a long time. And so I had to, at that point, think, I know that this is going to be a tough damn journey, but are those, those whys, those whys of personal freedom and, and choice and, and being able to go and create a bigger impact than just what I can do in a job. Are they as important enough to me, or are they important enough for me to go out and go through that? horrible time of no pay and overwork and and crying in a corner in the fetal position for hours at a time, knowing that you just want to go and help people and create all this good in the world, but just not being able to get there for it. And my answer was, yes, I knew I had it inside of me. And that was the, that, that great time was excellent for me because it forced me to make that decision. And once I'd made that decision, the process from there for me was easier. I'd said, okay, well now, now I know what I've got to do. It's now time to just go and pick up the, the, the whatever you call it and run with it, pick up the barrier and run with it. Or pick up the ball. That's the word I'm looking for and run with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's quite a story. It's incredible. I want to move on to the tech tribe shortly. I want to ask you now How do you, how would you describe your personality to other people? Crazy. Not Jamal?
1: <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> uh, good question. Uh, I have never been asked that question before you do ask the tough ones. Uh, I, it's one of those things that, that on the weekend I took my, my mother who is, um, very into genealogy and, and, um, ancestry and whatnot at the moment for, a we, we've traveled about seven hours away to where some of our family grew up and we were looking at headstones and on some of the headstones, I saw a, a note of what someone's life was about. And I started reflecting and thinking, like, what do, what, what is, what does Nigel Moore Going to be. Like the Nigel Moore is now, I know who that is, and I know that I'm I'm the leader of a tribe and I've got this incredible, grateful opportunity to be able to serve and support a community of people that I love dearly because I was one of them and I am one of them. And I'm just at a different point in the journey. But when you look at when you're in a situation like that, and I was looking at these these gravestones, going, like, what's the ultimate game for me? What is that ultimate game? And and I think it's a, a really interesting question. I I feel my personal philosophy on life is that it's something that we, we learn and we, we, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here. We, we discover this, the whole time as we go. And I think that's part of us as or what we need to achieve in, in going through this life is, is understanding and discovering this whole purpose for ourselves. What is the greater good that we can achieve out in the world? And for me, it's, I want to leave an impact. I want to create a legacy. I want to do that in multiple different ways. I think all of us do. We all have something like that in our, in, in hidden in us somewhere. And, uh, And for me, it's creating a legacy around people that I know that I can impact and I know that I can help and people that, that what drives me is when, when I know that I have been in the floor, curled up in the fetal position crying, because I have no idea what the heck I'm doing. I know there is a pile of other people out in the world right now, this very instant that are in that exact same position. And there's a lot of them out there in our space that I know that I can help get through that faster than I got through it because I didn't have those support structures around me. So for me, that's, That's to me is kind of the Nigel Moore of now is where I'm at now. But as to what the future holds, it's huge. I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing and discovering it. (laughs) So some of the traits that
0: you mentioned, you know, being driven, wanting to serve others to, you know, to help achieve your own potential and others. Would you say that the MSPs that you work with within the tech tribe, do they share that sort of common commonality? Do you see a common
1: theme amongst the personality of MSP owners who are drawn to working with you? Well, oh, good question. No, yes and no. there's two two types of people I see a lot of. One is the the self led driven people that see a greater to good and they want to go and and create this this awesome business around technology and serving people. And they are the people that 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 I love working with because they're doing it not for the money. And then there is the other chain of people. And theres I don't know the percentage of them here, but there's the other chain of people that just go, hey, I'm good at computers. I'm going to make some good money out of it. And that's it. It's just about the dollars. And they're the ones that, unfortunately, they struggle the most as well. And and so I see those ones that have the drive and the ambition all around achieving and helping other people to be, there's, there's tons of them out there. There are so many of us us, let's call them purpose-driven nerds for want of a better phrase or whatever you want to call it. People that are like, sure the money means a lot. The money can make us do good things and can give us a life that we dreamed of and whatever it is, but we're also out there because we just freaking love helping people and we love technology and this MSP world kind of merges the best of those two things together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's go back to your story. Thanks for, for sharing all that. You had the MSP, you've sold the MSP, work day and night. Now surely it's time to ease off the accelerator, to rest <laughs> up, to go out surfing in that beautiful part of the world that you live in there near Sydney. Um, but no, <laughs> you just, not no. That. <laughs> just like me, instead of taking it easy, yeah. you decided, right, I'm going to use this MSP knowledge that I've built up over the years and I'm going to start to help other people. And that led to the creation of the Tech Tribe. So let's talk about that a little bit. First of all, what was the motivation for starting the Tech Tribe and
1: what was your vision um, for it going forward? Good question. Uh, so back... When I had my MSP, I got to that point where I wasn't enjoying the day-to-day. And for the first four, five, six years of or whatever of it, I was I was loving it. I was loving this game of business. Sure, I was having a, those tough times where you're thinking, what the hell am I doing here? But I was still overall loving it. But then I got to the point where I wasn't loving so much of the day-to-day. There's only so many times you can troubleshoot a printer issue and enjoy it. And so I started then working very heavily on extracting myself out of as much of the day-to-day part of the business, as, business that I could. And- what kicked that off is that I had not been on a, an actual holiday for probably six to eight years. And while I was working for the other guy, and then I ended up starting my own business. So for the first few years of that, I hadn't had a holiday. And then I happened to marry a French girl. And that meant that we should go to France and visit the French side of the family. And so we took off on a four to five week holiday uh, for the first ever trip away from my business. And I saw this whole other world of, hey, this, there's a world out there outside of my business and outside of myself. I now need to go and, and see a little bit more of that. I want to see a little bit more of that and travel this thing. And uh, and that then fired me up to work more on my business than in my business and kick-started that journey of working on my business. And over time, we started creating some awesome stuff in the business. And that's not saying it with, a, with an ego. It's saying it in hindsight, looking back, thinking, yeah, we actually did do some good things. And we had a few other – or I had a few other MSPs in my world through peer groups and um, – and through trusted contractor arrangements that I started talking to about this stuff and started teaching and coaching them how to do what we had done. And I realized I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And more importantly, they were actually getting similar results to me. And so I went, i have got to figure out what's going on here. Like I'm sure I've loved my MSP, but I'm not feeling the love as much now. This new little idea and concept has started to germinate a seed in my head And so I started looking around the world of coaching and started getting around all the big business coaches out in the world and, and immersing myself in that, that world of how to help other people and transform other people. And that, that kicked off the first version of the tech tribe, which was with a mutual friend of yours and mine, Robert Crane. Uh, We started a business called cloud business blueprint, which was just a simple forum based community back then. And, uh, and we ran that whilst I was running my MSP on the side. Um, oh, sorry, I was running Cloud Business Blueprint on the side, and we we sort of built it up as a little side project between us. And uh, it was a great little way to get dip our feet in the water of this this helping other MSPs space that I was really starting to love and see results in. Uh, in hindsight, now I look back and go, holy jeez, I didn't know anything about this world of coaching now. But we still were able to help people out. And we had some, some great clients in that business. Well, don't we, we, Frankly, in hindsight, we also helped them out, do some incredible things as well. And that kicked off that journey. That then led me to go down the process of, um, of realising that the MSP, ultimately you can't, you can't easily run two businesses side by side the way that I like to run businesses. I'm a, I'm a kind of unique some would call a bit of a control freak in some areas of the business and trying to run two side by side just didn't work very well. And so myself and my business partner, we ended up setting up our MSP for sale, so that I could focus hundred percent on um, my investment business and the tech tribe or what was, what was going to become the tech tribe at the time. And he could go and focus on his other business that he had at the time. And that kicked off that, that sale journey, which was, which was a year or, or so in the making. And uh, once that was done and dusted, I think I took 37 seconds of retirement and uh, <laughs> dive straight back into and actually there was no retirement because the whole time it was year the, before we'd sold the business I knew exactly what was happening next and that was that I was going to go all in on growing this new business yeah, and so yes. so we literally we took off to within two weeks of selling the business we took off to Thailand with the kids for a conference over there and uh, even while I was over there we were building the new one we were getting it ready to launch and we were working our rear end off. In it and, uh, and all of the money that we earned in the other business, or not all of it, but a, a vast majority, of it, we started throwing it into this new one and, and going all in on the, the next one. So there was no real retirement. The, the thought went through my head that, hey, I've got enough money now that I could go to a, an exotic island location in the world and retire for the next 15 years, or I could just throw it all into the next one and get started again. <laughs> and so I think that decision was about 30 seconds in the making and I decided to throw as much as I can in into, into that and a few other investments and, and just get going on the journey again. Oh, it's, it's a fascinating journey and there's some parallels with my own journey. You
0: and I have talked about this before, but I had absolutely no plans you know, to do what I'm doing today, to be working with you, with the Tech Tribe, to be working with MSPs. I after I sold the business, it was literally right. I'm going to sit around in my pants and eat pizza. <laughs> but that just shows the difference in vision between you and I. You were like, oh, uh, tropical islands. You know, I can. I'm, I'm thinking pants and pizza. But there you go. But yeah. <laughs> within a within a couple of weeks, you know, people had started phoning me and saying, "Hey, I heard you." Nope. I've heard you've sold the business now that you're no longer a competitor. Can you, can you come account me? And so, yeah, uh, yeah it's me. Let's talk about the tech tribe then. So we've mentioned it a few times, but for anybody who isn't familiar with the tech tribe, how do you describe
1: it to people? The only place that every MSP in the world should hang out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a little bit self-serving and I'm kidding, kind of. <laughs> uh, the tech tribe, the way I like to describe it is the, the community and program that I wish I had access to when I first started my journey. And so we've intentionally created or we're, we're very intentionally crafting it to being what we want to be the best resource for MSPs that are, that are what I like to call the nimble MSP. I don't like calling people small MSPs mm. because uh, if some people take offense to being called a small business, I like to call them nimble MSPs. And I was a nimble MSP. You were a nimble MSP, Richard. I kind of define nimble MSPs as any MSP doing typically under 5 to 10 million. Now, kind of in that small range where, where we're with 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 staff somewhere thereabouts. And uh, so I've, we've, you, me, and the rest of us in the Tech Tribe build, are building the Tech Tribe to be the ultimate program and the, the global community for nimble MSPs around the world. Mm. And it's interesting.
0: I think it was probably about, and you can help me with the timeline here, uh, Nigel, but it was probably about 18 months, two years ago that you and I first spoke or we first got in touch with one another. It was around that time. And I remember seeing adverts for the Tech Tribe and with uh, with your handsome face popping up on the advert, <laughs> it's like come and join the table. So, that's interesting. And around the time, the question that I most commonly got was Richard, and this is from MSPs. Richard, when are you going to start your own online MSP <laughs> community? And of course, I was. The answer was, well, I'm not because it's a lot, a bloody lot of hard work. Um, Yeah. And and then around that time, uh, you and I were connected. Uh, You reached out to me and you just said, hey, come and come and take a look around the Tet tribe, you know, and uh, and I jumped in and I immediately fell in love with the community. And, uh, you know, I've gone on record by saying that I have no plans to run my own MSP community. But if I were to build an MSP community online, it would look exactly like the Tech Tribe. So you've done all the hard work, you know, you've you've jumped yeah. in there, you've built something that I certainly had the vision for, but not the ambition uh, or the energy uh, to create. And so I've been a, a, a tribal elder within the, uh, the Tech Tribe now for well over a year or so. And It's just awesome to see the impact that you have that... Well, no, let me rephrase that. Because it's not about you, is it? No. When I say the impact you've had, I I sort of jokingly refer to you as our illustrious leader... Uh, and I mean that, you know, genuinely, you know, you lead the tribe, but there are so many good people in the tribe yeah, uh, who help one another. And I think historically, uh, my answer to the question that I asked you earlier about, you know, uh, how did you stick in there? How did you hang in there? I was helped out by some of the best people in this industry, peers, mentors, coaches, giving freely of their time and experience to help me grow. And that is what the tech tribe is from the outside, you know, looking in before I joined. Uh, and now that I'm a part of it, there are so many good people in there helping one another. But for for anybody, and that's a, a sort of a long-winded say, uh, way of saying <laughs> what I love about the tech tribe, but for anybody who's listening to this and thinking, yeah, why would MSPs help one another?
1: How do you answer that question? Oh, good question. Because that that was part of that whole thing back when I first started my MSP was um, was was how how do I learn from all these other people or how do I find these other people? And then I I didn't even realize at that point that people out there would be freely giving of their advice. And I remember this, this one guy going to my, one of my first ever user groups. And, uh, and funnily enough, this gentleman now is a tech tribe member and an awesome guy. But back then I met him, it would have been 12 years ago now, something like that. And, uh, and I met him at an industry event in a Microsoft building. And I was talking about managed service agreements he goes "Oh, I'll just send you mine and I my jaw dropped to the floor and I went hang on, this is a competitor that's going to give me some of his stuff and and that then from then opened this whole world of these these people that are freely willing to give and 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 not receive anything in return and and as you and I have both probably been through that, that free giving of the community and being being in this this spirit of abundance and not a spirit of, of scarcity is such a It's funny. I I do some consulting and some investing in other businesses and other industries around the world, and it's kind of unique to the MSP space. Most others, you you go to communities in. I've got some friends that run them in some some vastly funny and peculiar businesses, coaching businesses in sorry, some vastly other um, industries like dance schools and uh, and hairdress salons and whatnot, and they they have to keep their communities. Separated because nobody wants to talk to their competitors in any way, shape or form, even if they're geographically separate. And and I find in the MSP space, it doesn't matter whether you're next door or you're on the other side of the world, people share so incredibly freely. And I love that about the MSP space. I absolutely love it. We're all, and I think one of the biggest reasons is that that most of us come into the space because of that want of helping other people, and that we're tech geeks at heart. We're not business people by nature. We didn't start off as business people. We started off as tech geeks that want to help people. So whether that person is a client of ours or a competitor of ours, we still want to help them. And that's, that's what I love about it. We've all got that, that free giving, helping, wanting to serve spirit. Yeah.
0: And, and let's explain a little bit. So I've mentioned a couple of times now, tribal elders. So I'm a tribal elder within the business. I've come into the business with you. Um, uh, and But we've got other tribal elders in there. So one of the ones that immediately comes to mind is Craig Sharp. Uh, Craig Sharp was actually uh, from the UK. Uh, for anybody who's not familiar with Craig's work, he runs an MSP called Abusi in the West Midlands um, in the UK. And Craig was actually a competitor of mine. When I ran my MSP, but one of those competitors that we've just talked about, which is gives freely of his time and yeah. knowledge, and, and vice versa. And Craig and I have been firm friends for many, many years, and he's given incredible value uh, to the tribe. But let, let's talk yeah. some about some of the other tribal
1: elders and what is a tribal elder. Yeah, so, a tribal elder is is our group of of leadership stewards of our community, and uh, and to me, they're they're all of us that are tribal elders. We've all been through something. We've either been through growing an MSP, running an MSP, selling an MSP, being acquired, or we've all, we've all been in the trenches for a long time. And so we've got, we've got legends like Jim Stackhouse, who is an MSP marketing wizard. He's probably one of the best people in the world that understands MSP marketing. We've got Todd Kane, who is an operations guru. We have got Andrew Moon, who is a, a prospecting and LinkedIn expert. We have got Craig Sharp, as you mentioned, we have yourself, we have Jamie Warner, uh, who in Sydney, Australia was one of my main competitors. Back when I had my MSP, he would have had no clue who I was because I was <laughs> small fry compared to him. Uh, however, he, is, he's, he runs one of Sydney and Australia's largest privately owned MSPs. And, uh, and he is one of our tribal elders as well. And he's got an incredibly giving spirit and, and an incredible knowledge of our game, an absolute incredible knowledge of our game. And so they're, they're our tribal elders and, and there's more to come. Right, we've got some, some more that we're, we're working on in the background now. And, and when you talk about there being, I, I love how you're, you, you, I see people like you are so excited about this community and where it's at at the moment. I can't wait to see this journey unfold with the vision that I have for it in my head over the next two to three to four years because it is far greater than what it is now. It is awesome where we are now. But let me tell you, you wait till you see where we're going to be in 12 to 18 to 24 to 36 months. We're going to have thousands of awesome MSPs all around the world headed up by an awesome community of, of MSP experts, our tribal elders, serving, supporting, growing MSPs, improving the industry, getting rid of all the sharks. As they say, a rising tide floats all boats and the people that are going to be around, around our legendary elders and, and, and our legendary people inside the Tech Tribe, including our tribal council and, and just the, the people that give freely in there are going to be in for a wild ride. It's going to be a fun ride. Yeah, absolutely. And, and all credit to you because you are
0: drawing these people. You've built this community. You know, I know it's not about you, but you've built this community and it is drawing these people to it. As you say, I think out there in the world, there's, there's two types of people, isn't there? There's, there's givers and there's takers. And yes. what, what tends to happen is givers attract You know, these other givers, people just want to, you know, sort of mass together and to to help one another. And that is exactly what I'm seeing in the tech tribe. So let me ask you. So the tech tribe is a paid community. You and I joked about it before. The number one. What's what's the best way of phrasing this politely? The number one accusation that you have thrown at you is if it's so cool, why do you charge so little for it? (laughs) <laughs> and i know you get that it's question true. quite a lot so what yeah. i want to ask you is well first of all why is it a paid community and secondly why would anybody be interested in joining in a paid community when there's resources out there like reddit there is uh free facebook groups all of these things out there i was asked this question today by an msp it was like I can get all this for free. And I wanted to say to him, no that you can't, but
1: how would you answer no, that a question? question. The world a of there is, there's a few ways to answer that question too. Um, uh, the first part you touched on was what was the first question you asked there? Sorry. Sorry,
0: I've got this terrible habit of asking multiple questions. Yeah, there was two. And I, I had a <laughs> great answer for the first one.
1: That's <laughs> the second
0: one. I went, oh, hang on, I've lost the first one. So the first question would be, so why do you charge for the tech tribe? Right. And why is it so low priced? I mean, it, yeah. you could make a bloody fortune, mate, if you were charging <laughs> four or five times as much. Why do you keep yeah. it so?
1: Uh, so couple of, number one reason we ha- you've got to charge for a business like this because, because we're providing premium quality content. It's not the back of the mill stuff that you can find on free groups around the place. When you look at the templates and training and resources that we provide, they are frankly world class. There is, yeah. there is not much stuff out in the MSP space that comes up to par with us. There is a few out there and there's a, a few great other industry stalwarts, but there's not a lot. And so to be able to run a business, you have to be commercial. There are so many industry associations out there around this place that that unfortunately, because they don't have the funds and they're not set up to be commercially oriented, they're just not able to get the traction that they want to. Their, their leadership teams and their associations and their committees are incredibly uh, wanting to do this stuff and create stuff. But unfortunately, because they've got these these top heavy organizations, they can't. And so running it as a commercial enterprise makes things run a whole lot faster and a whole lot slicker and a whole lot smoother and, and increases the quality of content. But what also happens is when you start charging people access to something, the quality of interaction goes up and magic starts to happen. When you're in free Facebook groups and free Reddit groups, which incidentally I'm am a, I'm a big anti-Facebook group and anti-Reddit kind of page thing because I find them incredibly distracting for business owners. And a lot of business owners use them as a crutch and, and a distraction to take them away from working on their own business. And then you hear all these stories about, hey, I need new clients and I'm trying everything. And then you see that same person hanging out in the Facebook groups all day, every day, tagging left, right, and center. And you just go, well, if you just worked on your business and didn't get distracted by these distractions that are designed to pull you away from your business because of ad revenue, then you would probably get somewhere. And I'd love to help you get somewhere. And so the second part of that question is how do we charge so little? The easy answer to that is volume. <laughs> we, we, we can obviously go out and say, Hey, well, we're going to charge thousand bucks a month to come and join this program and, and go with a small number of clients. But, that would defeat the purpose of me being able to help the small slash nimble guys that I was one of. And there's no way if it was a thousand dollar a month program that I would be able to have joined it when I was starting out in my MSP. And so I don't want to be able to put up a big barrier to entry like that to the other people that are back in the shoes that I once was in, because it would have stopped them from being able to, it would stop them from being able to join. So we could have chosen to go high price, low volume, or we could have chosen to go high volume, low price. And we chose the latter so that we can help more people out there.
0: Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And uh, let, let's talk a little bit about the resources within the Tech Tribe then. So there's no minimum term for membership. It is low price. Now, this isn't an advert for the Tech Tribe. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about this. You know, it's a very it's a low barrier uh, to, to entry, yeah. as you say. Enough to put off those people who are just tie kickers, who Correct. just want to yeah. grab free stuff on that. But there is a ton of resources in there. You've talked about the managed service agreement. You've just added an a IT contractor, a trusted contractor uh, agreement in there. There is a ton of stuff. In fact, later today, Craig Sharp, I mentioned one of the tribal elders. As we're recording this, you and I, Nigel, um, I'm going to be hosting the uh, tribal gathering with Craig Sharp, and we're going to be talking about sales process. This is free for members. Members just dial in and ask the questions, and Craig and myself answer them. You've done these tribal gatherings before, and that's a regular thing that yeah. happens every month. So there's all of these resources in there. Are you not worried that somebody's going to jump in, download all the resources and swan off and say, they Hey, do. thanks. There we go. Yeah, they do. We actually that how do you it handle happen? that situation.
1: And so the first few times that happened, I went, I went, Oh, I'm frustrated. It's just, I've just given away tens of thousands of dollars of value for 50 bucks. Uh, what can I do about that? And then I realized that I shouldn't be thinking about that one or two people that are going to be doing it. I need to be thinking about the other 98 people that are going in there and hanging around and getting awesome results out of those resources. And so I'd prefer to keep the focus on making sure that I can still keep it accessible to those guys than worrying about blocking out the two or three that are going to be the freeloaders that are going to come in and do it. Because the reality is I'm a bit of a believer in the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And if you are like that in joining a program and you jump in and you you download all of the resources, then you cancel out of it a month later and you only pay 50 bucks and you've got this 20 grand worth of resources available to you, 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 probably not going to be the kind of person that's going to be able to create an amazing business either. Unfortunately, it's kind of, I'd love to say it's not the case, but the reality is I've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times this scenario play out all too well. And so the people that are getting the results are the ones that join They see that there's all these amazing resources. They take a look through. They then start to get involved in the community. They then start to teach and coach in the community and help other people in the community. And then they get access to these resources ongoing that we're continually updating. And they're the ones that are getting the results, not the ones that are jumping in from bouncing from program to program, downloading all these these massive files of everything into this one folder that they never open and touch again. It's the ones that actually get in and work with the stuff that they've got access to and help and ask other people for help and, and ask for direction and talk about their journey and whatnot that actually do get the results. And I want to focus on that 98% of people. The other 2% will always be there. We could figure out a way to block them out. But for me, it's not my focus. My focus is on the guys that are doing good, the guys and girls that are doing good and, uh, and we want to do good by them. Absolutely, like it, and and the, let's talk about the community just briefly as well. The people who are in there. We've
0: already said are, are good guys helping one another out there. But there is this. How's the best way to put it? There's no dicks in there, is there? The, <laughs> <laughs> I, I always
1: nice to, guys helping one another. I was talking to someone about this the other day when I when I first started the Tech Tribe. I was a little bit worried about moderation in a community like this. And now we're we're hundreds and hundreds of MSPs at the moment in there, in our community, and we will be thousands and thousands over the next few year period. And so I have worried about the, the whole overhead of moderation and banning and kicking people. As yet, we have not had to moderate one single post out of 18,000 posts that we have had in our community since the day we started. And that's that little bit of magic that I talk about, that once people pay to come and join somebody else's house, they're joining my house and our house, this is our, us and my tribal elders. This is our house that they're coming into. A whole layer of respect goes in there. And one day I'm sure once we get to the thousand people or 2000 people or whatever, some person is going to come in and be that guy or that girl. And we're going to have to give them the tribal boot and cut off their legs and banish them out into the forest. But at the moment we haven't had to do that. And I'm incredibly grateful that we haven't. And I think it's because of people come in and they look at this place and they go, people are actually doing business in here. There's no trolls. There's no bad advice. There's no people with egos. And and the moment egos do come into play, which I can only think of one or two very minor situations that egos came into play. People sorted it out pretty, pretty reasonably because they're in someone's house. They're not out in a free Facebook land group where, where there's no house owner. There's no, whatever you call it, no group of elders sitting around, being the, the people to learn from and being inspired from. There's just these free faceless groups with with ads and whatever. And that's what I think is different in, in groups like this is that you get that higher quality of content. You don't get the freeloaders. You don't get the bad advice. You don't get the people that are just trying to throw their ego in the ring. You don't get the trolls just trying to to make themselves feel better about things. And that's what's so beautiful about
0: it. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll include in the show notes as well, all of the links to the tech tribe and how people can get in touch with you. We've talked about the tech tribe. We've talked about managed services a little bit. What do you think the future of the managed service industry is?
1: Sell everything now and buy Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm kidding. Uh, I I keep saying it uh, in a lot of events that I go to lately. Is I believe right now is a perfect storm, and it, I wish I kind of wish like as I said I fell out of love with my my journey probably twelve odd years into. Dude, I was doing that six years for the other guy, and then probably six years into my my journey, I, I started to fall out of love with it. And I think that's a kind of common time frame for a lot of people. But I wish I had that initial gusto now in the MSP space because I see so much opportunity. The, the tools are now mature. Back then, we were trying to cobble together all these little systems and trying to create these things. You guys have got amazing PSA tools and RMM tools and all these kind of things that are so mature now. But not only that, you have a marketplace that understands. MRR and understands recurring agreements and whatnot. We had to go through that shift of people not understanding support agreements and unlimited all you can eat stuff and all that kind of, kind of hoo-ha. We had to go through changing an, an industry, which now most industries have changed and they understand that space. But now we're also got this other part of the perfect storm where technology is now so reliant upon that, that MSPs, are absolutely getting seats at the table and becoming not only the the IT guy or the IT girl, they're becoming the trusted business partner. And that's where there is so much opportunity to go out there nowadays and use this awesome technology and these awesome tools like Office 365 and G Suite and whatever, whatever platform of choice you use for your clients to be able to go and help your clients be better, innovate faster, outsmart their competition, sleep better at night. Uh, make more profits, be more efficient in their business and create better products and services for their particular clients. There is so much opportunity to do that. And clients nowadays are absolutely willing to pay top dollar to be able to do that because they understand that technology absolutely can leverage their business.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you touched on something there that I've said so many times. I feel like the old man of the MSP industry. I say to the kids now, <laughs> and if I'd had the tools that you've got and oh, the resources that you've got when I was running things out, In the drive, yeah, the drive. exactly, it's incredible, isn't it? So it is. okay, so you work with hundreds of MSPs around the world now, and the, and the tribes growing every day. Let me put you on the spot here. What frustrates you about working with MSPs? What would you the number one thing that you want to grab hold of the collective MSP community and shake them and say, come on.
1: Two words, unrealized potential. I see so much good potential in people out there that they don't realize in themselves nowadays. And that, and I I feel one of my goals is to be able to pull that and extract that out of people because, uh, because my mentors helped pull and extract it out of me back when I was in that space. And, and it's one of the most, empowering things, seeing it all out there, but it's also one of the most frustrating things because you kind of put on these, these glasses where I look out into the world and instead of just seeing the world, I see this untapped potential in people. And to me, it's frustrating going, I can see in you that you can do this, but you're only here. How can I help you get to here? What can I do to be able to help you get up to this next layer faster, better, quicker? Uh, And, and to me, that's, it's one, it's kind of a double-edged sword. As I said, it's the most frustrating thing to me to be able to see this unrealized potential in people. It's also the most beautiful thing to be able to see it because there's so much opportunity out there to be able to go and help and serve.
0: Yeah. And and you've talked about uh, influences. You've talked about coaches, mentors in your life. Who would you say the been the major influences in
1: your life? Is there any name checks you can give? Oh, good question. Actually, I'm not tooting horns here, but yourself and Carl Palachuk in my space, in the MSP space, were two of the, if you guys weren't running your blogs and hosting podcasts and whatever back when i started my journey i would no doubt not be anywhere near where i would be nowadays and and so i talk about the 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 three types of mentor mentee relationships that everybody should have in their world and number one so so picture yourself on this this journey of life there's this there's this if you, you you can't see me because this is a podcast, but picture this big long line that goes travels off into the distance travels off into the distance, and you are standing at any one point at some point along that line along your journey of life, and that your life that, that might be the journey of your particular business. And what I talk about is that there's three types of mentor mentee relationships on that journey. There's those just just in front of you, just a few steps in front of you that have are trailblazing. They're leading the way, and and they're people that are accessible to you, and they're people that are are. Uh, can relate to your, your failures and your mistakes and your challenges. And they can inspire you to be able to take the, just those couple of steps to get to where they currently are. And for me, when I was starting out in my business, that was you. And that was Richard, Carl uh, Palachuk. And they, they're my, I call them my number one type ment- mentor, mentee relationship. Then there's the number two. These are the people that are light years ahead of you. That's the, to me it was the Richard Bransons and the Marcus Limonis and the, the nowadays Elon Musk's and these kind of guys that just think big these guys think huge what they might be guys or girls that are doing big, big things in the world. And they are, to me, they're my unofficial mentors because they're people that I probably won't get a chance to be able to speak personally and have a one-on-one mentor mentee relationship with these guys and girls over, over my lifetime. Maybe I will, but maybe I won't. And then there's the third type of mentor mentee relationship, which is my favorite. And they're the people just behind you on that, that journey. They're the people that you can help drag, drag up a little bit or give a hand up to help get into where you are going. And so, so as I said, in my my, my journey when I was in the MSP space, it was your, people like yourself and Carl Palachuk and uh, Eric Simpson and Robin Robbins and, um, and some of those folk that were all out there leading the way and trailblazing the way a few steps ahead of me. Uh, there was also the Richard Bransons and one of them that just challenged you to think big and inspire you to think big. And then there was those, those other smaller folk that, that were behind me that I was giving that hand up to, to where I was. That was, was for me an incredibly awesome experience because as they say in the teaching game, it's once you start teaching is when you actually really start learning these things. And once I started teaching others behind me and inspiring others behind me, that's the real, that was the the magic of my mentor relationship spaces is those people behind me in the journey. And I'm not saying in any contra, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, It's kind of, I'm not trying to make it as looking down on people. It's just different stages of journey. We're all at a different stage of our journey and there's people In front of you in the journey of business, there's people behind you in the journey of business. And that's just a a fact. There's no two ways about it. And the more we can help out those behind us, the more we can, we can create that rising tide that floats all boats around us and and create this awesome space, this awesome industry, this awesome, awesome, whatever you want to create around the world uh, that you want to be involved in. Oh, wonderful answer, and
0: thank you for the for the kind words as well. And as I said, yeah. just to reflect it back at you, without this being a mutual admiration society, I've learned yeah, so I'm much sure. from you. And interestingly, you mentioned Carl Palachuk, who, if I were asked that question, Carl was the one for me. He was, a, you know, a, a years ahead of where I was. And when I was running yeah. my MSP, you know, Carl yeah, was a here. great mentor to me, and he's now a great friend. And in fact, I, I'm going to be interviewing Carl for this podcast. Um, uh, you know, a few episodes time and I'm going to see him this weekend in Edinburgh in Scotland to record that because we've become very good friends now. so I'm going to pass that on because that's an interesting uh lineage there almost isn't it that Carl inspired <laughs> it me you're very kindly said I inspired you and so on and so on and, and I'd imagine you know we're going to be interviewing people in the in uh, years to come who are going to say they're inspired by Nigel Moore as well for certain um I could see that um <laughs> You're an avid reader, a uh, book reader. You've recommended some great books to me. What what would you say is the the book that you gift to other people most often? What's the book that you say you've got to read this book and you're so compelled that you you drop a copy
1: in the post to them? Good question. Um, I gift a lot of books, so that's a great question. I I I'm, I'm a big fan of 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 the gift. And I've probably set out hundreds in the past year of books to different people. And the one that's at the top of that list at the moment is a book called The Alter Ego Effect by a guy called Todd Herman, uh, who, who was in a coaching mastermind program that I was in, an incredibly smart guy on the, on the whole mindset and high performance side of, of personal development. And it, and it talks about that, that it kind of goes into that untapped potential that I spoke about before and that in all of us, there's this untapped potential. And he talks about the process of being able to create and craft and, and build these alter egos to be able to, to amplify and find those untapped, untapped huge potential inside people out there. And, and I love the book. I love the process. I love his thinking and I love learning from him. And so for me at the moment, that is, that is probably the biggest one that I've been sending out to people is just, just the, called the alter ego effect. I've got one sitting around here somewhere. I don't know where it is. I've probably dog-eared it too many times, but it might be sitting downstairs because I can't see it. It's a yellow cover, um, but awesome book. Wonderful. We'll include that in the show
0: notes as well. Um, So earlier on, I asked you, what did you struggle with when you were running the MSP? You answered openly, honestly, about that. What does Nigel Moore struggle with today? You're looked at too by hundreds of MSPs worldwide. They think that you've got this sussed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Nigel, I know that's another case, mate, you know, you're doing incredible stuff, but what does Nigel more
1: struggle with today and how are you working on it? Yeah. Let me let everybody in on a little secret. Nobody has it sussed. No matter how high or wide you go up the chain, nobody has it sussed. We all have our challenges and our setbacks and our, and our struggles. And, uh, and so one of the things that, that for me, that, that I struggle with working on myself is that, that, and I think it comes back to, for those of you that know of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, there's this, this thing that, um, that Maslow that spoke about a theory that he spoke about of, of the needs of human beings and going through the different layers and the actual model is a pyramid. And, and if you, you haven't seen it, go and have a look for it. But he talks about um, the different layers of it. And I feel that one of the things for me in business that I struggle with is once I get to a certain point where, where money isn't so much of a problem and, and time isn't so much of a problem, I get comfortable. And we all get comfortable. And for me, I've got these, these incredible plans and visions that are always floating in my head about what we can do and create and build out in the world. But when you get in a comfortable space, it's sometimes hard to kick ourselves into gear to go and do that stuff. And it's not sometimes un- hard, it's often hard. And I think it always will be. And so one of the things that I work on with myself is uh, to try and kick myself out of that when I can see it happening, which I can see it happening very often is uh, the two of the main things that I do is number one is I um, I use accountability and I use external accountability. And just last week I had to do this with myself. There was this thing that I had been putting off for months and I just, I, I know it had to be done. It's, it's not that I didn't know what had to be done. I knew it had to be done. I had just been procrastinating on it like the most procrastinating before. M- pras- m- procrastinator in the world. And so I thought there's no way me, Nigel Moore is getting this done. I have to just call on outside powers. So I I had an accountability buddy and I said, I'm going to pay $2,000 to this charity. uh, Sorry, this political party that I didn't believe in, in their values. I'm going to pay $2,000 to this political party if I don't get all of these things done by Friday, 5 PM.
0: Wow. So it's like an an anti-charity.
1: Correct. I, I I, did absolutely everything I possibly could. I was up until 2 a.m. one of those days getting that stuff done because stuff hit the fan in the middle of it. And that's the world testing us. And that was the world testing me going, you've said you're going to get this stuff done. So now I'm going to throw, and back in my MSB day, I was now I'm going to make every server go down all in one week for you while you're trying to do this stuff. And so I went, well, I've committed to this. I'm I, If I don't do it, that two grand goes to, to this anti-charity, to this political party that I don't believe in. And, uh, and so I was up till two or three in the morning and back up at six or seven the next morning, just getting this process done so that I could I could work on it. And, um, and so that was, that was my one thing. And the second thing is that, you know what it's like when you've, you've, you've got opportunities coming your way and they, they, ignite a little bit of an anxious feeling in your gut and in your belly and you go, Oh, like that's a little bit scary, but it's also a little bit exciting at the same time. And so the other thing that I focus on a lot nowadays is that I lean into those things rather than leaning away from them and and trying to set up walls and barriers around myself Is I lean into them. I go, what The, the, the universe or the world or whatever it is that you believe in is telling me something here. It's pushing something in my direction that I know that I should probably latch into. And, and, and that, helps get rid of those comfortable feelings because it then gives me something new and scary and exciting to tie into, to be able to go and whether you call it solve or, or overcome or, or whatever it is, it's, uh, it's one of those things that that's where I believe most of our personal growth happens from is, is leaning into those places where we're often a little bit afraid to go. And often a lot afraid to go. And that's where things like procrastination pop up and things like uh, unworthiness and um, imposter syndrome and all these things pop up around that kind of space there. But a lot of the time you lean into those feelings and you really dig deep into them and you realize that that's the space where you should be going. And that's the space where you should be diving into and, and shining a spotlight on and figuring out, hey, there's something in here that that if I can master this, I can go and create a bigger, 10 times bigger impact than what I'm doing, and I can go and help more people and, and go back to my vision of, of being able to, to see more of that unrealized potential out there.
0: Absolutely. That's a wonderful answer. And, and for me, the, you, know, you talked about the imposter syndrome, leaning into the discomfort. For, for many years, I was speaking. You know, speaking oh, yeah. at events <laughs> and things like that, I absolutely crap myself. I have sleepless nights, and it gets better. You know, I've been doing this for a number of years, but uh, to this day, you know, I agree to to speak at events and then in the week, the couple of weeks beforehand, I have sleepless nights. I'm thinking, why did I agree to this? <laughs> I, do it, I enjoy it, you know, and I'm excited about it and it's great. And, and talking of speaking, you're going to be keynoting Uh, the uh, the orbit conference the frankly msp live conference in santa barbara next year in 2020 Uh, so as we record this that's a few months away from now Um, that's going to be a big deal for you that's the first uh, big uh, orbit conference and you're going to be headlining my friend
1: well let's 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 get it right. It's it's the closing keynote. It's the one after everybody has finished their drinks and and lunch <laughs> and has fallen asleep. you are the lead attraction here. We we have the legendary Mike Mikalowitz uh, of Profit First and Toilet Paper Entrepreneur doing the opening keynote. And that is going to be incredible. I love that guy. And and when we talk about those those uh, mentors that are uh, Vast, like the inspiring ones that are way out in front of you. He was has been one of mine for many years, and so he's the one doing the opening keynote of this thing. So I've got the one where I've got to try and wake everybody up from their after lunch slumber on the last day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I've I've seen you speak before. Uh, you and I spoke at a Mentoria live event at the uh, down in London uh, earlier this year, and you were incredible, mate. And that was an event that was beamed to you know a thousand plus MSPs all over the world. So I am really looking forward to seeing you in front of a conference in environment uh, you and I have done plenty of work with ovic uh, as a company wonderful company and I'm pretty sure they're yep. going to put on an amazing event out there so I can't any, wait. any insights what are you going to be talking about are we allowed to share anything at this stage how to surf waves
1: in Australia? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be an unusual keynote for the conference, but it might work. It I, might work. <laughs> I'm actually talking, the, the working title or the, the, the topic of it is Mastering the MSP Mindset. And so I'm going to be diving a little bit deep into some of the, the, the things that can derail us as MSP business owners and how to tap into that unrealized potential and, and sharing some stories from me and from people around me uh, in that. And, and maybe at the end of it, we might be doing a little bit of a workshopy kind of thing as well with some people yeah, in there. Yeah, I was so, going to say. Be so Interactive.
0: At the time of recording this, you just announced in the tribe that you were going to be keynoting at that uh, the, frankly, MSP Live conference. And there's been a swell of uh, tribal uh, tribers from all over the world say, I'm going to go to the conference now. So if you were under any illusions that you weren't a draw... So, you know, yeah, there's I mean, going to be people coming, coming from all over the world. So I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. Carl Palachuk, who we mentioned, is going to be there as well. So, you know, all of the, t- the top MSPs and the top names in the MSP industry are going to be there. So we should do something. We should get together, shouldn't we?
1: I agree. We absolutely will. Except, Carl, if you're listening to this, I am not drinking beer with you this time, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and then also a, a story for another podcast. <laughs>
0: there is a story in there that we will cover at another time, and perhaps I'll tackle Carl over that when we have a whiskey in uh, Edinburgh exactly. later this week.
1: Yeah, don't just don't let him buy the second whiskey;
0: it all goes downhill from there on in. <laughs> and on that bombshell, I think we uh, we need to draw this line. Clem, your wife is going to absolutely kill me if I keep you on the line any further, any later, and the kids are going to uh, be angry at me for keeping. Dan kids away. are asleep. The kids are NB, asleep. Yeah, they're asleep. <laughs> so um thank you for your time uh, today I recorded thank this mate it was really important that i get you on the podcast you've been a major influence on me over the last 18 months two years you've been a good friend and what you are building with the tech tribe is phenomenal um and i have no doubt in a couple of three years we are gonna revisit uh, this interview we're gonna record a new interview and the tech tribe is going to be 10 times as big as it is for anybody listening to this who wants to find out more we'll include all of the links that we talked about to the tech tribe and every Else in the show notes, Nigel. If anybody wants to get in touch with you
1: directly, how can they find you online? Join the tech tribe. <laughs> That's a little self-serving of me, isn't it? Uh, come and the easiest way to, to to follow along with my journey is come and connect with me on Facebook. Now, I, I say before that Facebook's incredibly distracting, but I I kind of like to try and carve my space in there to be an inspiring space in there and also a real space in there. I don't I don't fluff it up with pictures of Lamborghinis and whatnot often uh but come and join me come and find me on there and connect with me on there on linkedin um but you can also shoot me an email nigel at the tech however bear in mind that my email, emails are managed by an assistant and it may take me some time to get back to you because i'm like you richard a batcher a time batcher and so yes, and things like that sometimes i'll batch some, a lot of personal email replies and get to them once a week or sometimes once every two weeks so if you do email me apologies in advance for the delay <laughs> that's what i'm doing now, you should
0: connect with Nigel on Facebook because, uh, well, first of all, he posts pictures of the beautiful part of the world where he lives, his beautiful family, the, the cool stuff that you do with them. And also, cheese. You the stinky pictures, cheese that we eat. <laughs> stinky cheese, a man after my own heart. So we could do another a cheese cast all around that perhaps in the future. But uh, for now, we will draw a veil over that whole conversation. Nigel, thanks so much for joining me here today. And uh, really appreciate all that you do for the wider business community. Thank you, mate. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey folks, Richard here. Thanks for listening today. I know you've got a ton of options for who you listen to nowadays, so I really appreciate your support. Do you have any feedback on this episode? Ideas for future guests? Tweet me at tublog using the hashtag tubtalk. I respond to every tweet and really appreciate your feedback. Richard here, and I wanted to give a really big shout out and to say a huge thank you to our friends at Avast for bringing this episode to you. In the face of increasingly complex threats targeting small and medium businesses, yes, that is methods are no longer enough. Cybersecurity must be quicker, smarter, and more reliable than ever before. Avast business provide a range of powerful, easy to deploy security products and management platforms designed for IT solution providers and managed service providers. Avast business offer a variety of cybersecurity products that are MSP friendly. You can choose from standalone antivirus products, managed antivirus products, cloud care for layered endpoint and network security services, backup and recovery, content filtering, email security, patch management and a management console to easily deploy endpoint protection solutions to devices in your client networks. These solutions are all backed by the largest, most globally dispersed threat detection network in the world. If you've not checked out Avast's secure internet gateway, then I'd recommend taking a look at the video demo that Avast's Paul Fenwick and I recorded. so a full security stack as a service that protects users wherever they go. With 30 years as a leading cybersecurity company and over 435 million active users of Avast products, if you haven't already taken a look at what Avast business is offering, now might be the time. Visit tublog.co.uk forward slash Avast for links to all the details.